What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I'm absolutely delighted to be joined for the second time on the Sheehan Show, I, I believe, by Reese McKee, who fights this coming Saturday in Paris, as, or as I like to call you, Reese McKee in Paris. I, I, I'm like, that's perfect. Like, uh, the, the, the signs need to go out, everything needs to go up for your, what you're calling your second UFC debut. The last time we spoke was just after the last Cage Warriors fight, and you were talking about getting back to the UFC, and it was a very stressful time and all that, even though it came after a great win. But how great is it to, to have those three letters alongside your name again and have the, the second debut right in front of you? Yeah, it's special, you know, and, and as you said, we're right there now. It's it's uh you know, this coming Saturday. Um, you know, it's been an amazing prep, you know, coming off an amazing free fights, but definitely an amazing last performance. So, um it's just it's nice to be here and it's it's a relief and it's a lot of stuff, but it's a happy time for sure. I suppose like everyone when they start out their career, if they they want to be an MMA fighter, and like you, someone who, you know, from the amateur days, people talked about you as being someone who could go to the UFC, like, to have, and I know obviously you've been there before, but, like, uh, obviously it was very rushed in the way it went, you know, coming in there against Shemaev, we, we, maybe we can talk more about that in a second, but to be there again and now get to a place where you are at the stage of your career where you were the cage warrior champion who defended the belt, and, like, it feels like you're ready to kind of go on a run now, it must be great that all, you know, all that, uh, hype is not the right word, but, you know, expectation, I suppose, has been kind of fulfilled by you and is about to be fulfilled even more, I suppose. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, a lot of people, like, a lot of people feel like I would feel that expectation from external people, but I feel it more on myself, you know, because, like, I know what I've been putting in here since I was 15 years of age. You know, I've wanted it as much. So when everybody else fought it, I fought it even before them. So, you know, it's nice... You know, it's it's nice to be like um, on my own book, reach them expectations. You know, but I still have a lot of work to do. To do as we know, I speak openly about how like it's not about just getting here; it's about what I'm about to do. Um, but it is nice to to you know make it back there again, and you know so much has changed since that first time, and and it's just totally different. It it doesn't even feel like the second debut, and I've realised that over the last few weeks, this is like it feels like the first. What was that phone call like, I suppose, that you got to say that you were back into the UFC? It, it must be so special to get that after, and especially after, you know, it's happened once before, and you're, like, desperate for it to happen again. Was it Graham Boylan that rang you up, or what way did it happen? Yeah, so I just I was just done training, actually, for the day, and um, we are having dinner, like, uh, just having dinner, and the phone rang from Graham, and he, was, he wanted to have... It sounds a bit strange. He wanted to ring me with some gym equipment because he's kept out of place. And uh, so I said, if I can help you, I will. It's a bit late. And I was going to say maybe talk tomorrow. But anyway, I took it anyway. And you know what? There was no messing about in the call. It was within 50 seconds in the call. He said, right, I'm not going to waste your time. I just want to know you're free for parse on September 2nd. And, you know, it was nice. It's um, the first what The first call was emotional. This call was like very calculated. It's like, yeah, 100%, let's go, let's get it done. You know, we had a nice moment where he's like, well done. You know, you were patient. You've done everything you need to. You know, he said how I followed the blueprint of what every fighter should kind of do if they want to get back to these things. Um, and I obviously thanked him for his resi- – I had no doubt I pestered him every week to get me back in. So um, I'm grateful for what he's done. He's grateful for what I've done. Uh, and it was smart business, I think, and then and the end of it. 100%. Uh, 
that just on the Cage Warriors run, right? Because you you look at it, and if, if people looking back now, say looking at the, the record here in Shardog, and it's like three fights in um uh in in Cage Warriors back after the UFC run, you know, two years and back in. It's like to, to someone like me or to someone looking, I was like, oh, you know, it wasn't too bad. You went in, you you know, you took your three fights, and it was you know, you got finishes in all of the fights, and you're back in. But for you, like for everyone but you, it's that. But for you, it must. Like, it must be so tough to listen to people like me talking on podcasts and go, oh, do you know, maybe he needs one more win. Or, you know, most people, and it's not just me, it's probably most people kind of saying that as well. That must be so frustrating. Not just, like, for you wanting to be in the UFC, but for the amount of money you're taking in and everything like that as well. How tough is it to kind of be the person, I suppose, in the spotlight there when you just want to get to one place and you know that you're going to maybe have to go over and above what you want to, to get back there? Yeah, it's fine, you know, and I'm very, like, I'm sure you maybe know this, I'm very, like, engaged with what's out there. If I think there's people talking about my fights or something, I listen to the podcast, so I have a scope of what's going on in the scene. But, like, again, it's it has, it's been a long bit of time, and on paper, when you look at Sherdog, it looks so simple. Well, he just had free fights and a free win, and it's, but I had a year off. I had, you know, a, a really bad injury in the middle. Um, but then, and it, ever since that, I've been evolving and getting better. I have not had an easy week training since I've been cut from the UFC and it's just it stood by me so much it's like how many things I thought I was doing before the UFC compared to what I'm doing now like you know it's just it's just chalk and cheese it's so different and but I think listening to the podcast you know listening to interviews you know people saying oh well we could maybe try this route or this route you might not work out to the UFC again I just had to know and use that as fuel to be like I'm just going I just can't wait or couldn't wait for the day I could hear all these people talking about no years back and not in a negative way because they were they were correct thoughts. I had family members that were saying to me, you know, maybe look at different options and stuff like that. And I just had to be, you know, the only person that needed to believe was me, my team and my close circle. And that's the only people that I really cared about, really. Was was there ever any thought of going the other way? Because like, in fairness now, it's not the UFC isn't the only game in town anymore. Like PFL are offering good contracts to people, especially someone like you who's obviously a very good fighter and they're going uh, into Europe even more now as well and investing heavily in Europe. Like, And I know you know getting from Cage Warriors to those promotions is uh, to PFL and Bellator is, is tough, obviously, and with you being uh, the champion as well, it, it adds just another issue onto that. But was there ever that thought that maybe, look down the line, those options are there as well or was it always the UFC? Yeah, it was always the UFC. You know, we were invited to those conversations, but, you know, we never never entertained them, never opened them. And for me, it very quickly became like a ride or die thing, you know. And I've been publicly on interviews saying since I was 16 that it's UFC or nothing. And, you know, I'll never fight for Bellator. I'll never fight for whatever. I think for me to go back on it now, you know, looking back in years, I would probably have disappointed myself um, just because I know that's what was right for me. And um, I'm really... I suppose I'm proud that I stuck by my goal, but um, no, it was ride or die, and it was UFC or nothing for me, really. Which some people may think is mad, but they don't have to worry about me. Yeah, that's true. I, I, like you know, it's it's a good option to have, I suppose. If you have all those options, it's 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 even better for you. I like we spoke briefly last time about that gap between the Justin Berlin sub fight and the Jimmy Wallhead fight and getting the mindset right for that Jimmy Wallhead fight because anyone who watched that Berlinson fight was like. 
this is a fight of the year contender. How can this guy not be in the UFC after what he came through in that fight and the performance and the knockout and everything? And then to kind of have to turn around again. And it was, I know it was a good few months. What was it, 10 months between those two fights? Um, and you had to turn around again and do it. Like, how difficult was that to prepare for Jimmy Wallet? And I know you, you've great respect for him and you, you, you said it before and after the fight as well. But with like, it felt like that Burlington moment was a special moment, you know, in um, in Belfast as well, in front of the, the, that massive crowd, in front of everyone, you know, and, and I suppose you had that moment again with, with Jimmy, which maybe made it easier, but that must that must have been a challenge for you mentally, I suppose, more than anything else. I mean, it was, like, to be honest, it wasn't really. I mean, I remember talking to Graham about who was going to be next, and it was... Uh, it was probably going to be the winner of the, the Jimmy and Figlack thing, if that worked out. So, like, from from the moment I knew that I was in contention with fighting one of them guys, I kind of accepted it. I wanted Jimmy to win because the the last time I was in the UFC, I, I failed the veteran test, and the veteran test was Alex Morano because Morano beat me with experience. He didn't beat me with skill, and he didn't beat me with anything else. He beat me with experience because he was a smarter fighter, and I knew what to do when I didn't. Um so Jimmy was that guy as well. Jimmy was that test. Uh, but I went out there and totally outsmarted Jimmy. I queued him out whatever I wanted and outskilled him. Um, but like, so once I knew that I was going in there to prove that test, um, my mindset in the fight changed. It wasn't, oh, I have to do this one more huge risk fight. And it was a huge risk fight. If Jimmy Wallhead was to knock me out the same way done with Figlak, we would never be having this conversation about going back to the UFC probably ever um and that i think that's fine to say you know to come back in a two-fight win then lose your third one what do you do go back and get three more we're now two more years down the line so that was a huge fight but i was in it for a lesson and in it for to pass the test that i previously failed so that fight has probably given me more confidence than any fight ever so what would you have done if you'd lost that jimmy wallet fight would it would you have retired or would you have tried to go out some other route or what would have been I don't know. Again, Sean, it was ride or die. It was um, it was ride or die. So who knows? Like, um, I'm not saying I'm not saying I would have. I'm not saying I wouldn't have either. Um, it would have been very hard conversations with my team because again, it was UFC or nothing. Um, but here's the thing: if Jimmy Wallhead beat me at that stage of his career and this stage of my career, I didn't deserve to be UFC anyway. You know what I mean? And I, I'm always, I've always been okay with that stuff. Um, if uh, you know, if I can back out the UFC and Manta Kiwi beat me straight away didn't deserve to be in the UFC anyway. So um, I'm a believer of you are where you're meant to be. And listen, Jimmy didn't. Um, so that's all we have to care about. That's true. I Just when you said that there, it makes me think of Paul Hughes because like, it feels, I don't know, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like the UFC want Paul Hughes to have another fight before they sign him, sort of thing. And like, Anyone that watched the last fight or any of his recent fights, like you'd be an idiot if you if you thought he needed to prove anything else. But like for him, and let's say if that is the case, right? How how do you like reckon that with yourself? Do you reckon it with yourself the way you did? There, it's like, well, look, if I'm good enough to be uh, being the OC, I'm good enough to be in any of these guys in cage wars. Let's just go out and do it and prove to everyone that like I am the guy. Would that be your kind of advice for him, or do you, what way do you think for him would be the the right way to go? Yeah, we've spoken about it. Like, if it's not going to come now and you're going to have to fight, then you're going to beat someone anyway, you know? And and people think, oh, well, he'll be frustrated. He'll be frustrated, but if you're better skilled, better IQ, better prepared, all this good stuff, you'll beat them anyway. It doesn't matter how you're, how you're feeling frustration-wise. So, like, it was the same for me. If, like, if I'm meant to be where I'm meant to be, then I'll beat these guys anyway. It's the exact same for Paul. So, you know, if Paul does fight for Cage Warriors again or whatever's next, 
Um, that's where his mindset will be. Like, and he's an elite level fighter. Anybody who's at the top of these cage warriors promotions or the UFC are elite fighters. Different mindset. You know, they don't think like normal people in the nicest way possible, and and that is why they can go and do these things. So you know, Paul. Paul is a, the smartest head on his shoulders and whatever is next, he's, he'll, he'll go in there and take care of business. I just have to think of something there, right? Like, the, the Cage Warriors Dublin card is coming up and let's say Paul Hughes did fight in that, he, he could headline it and then caught the UFC. Are you the only one who's ever done that? I'm trying to think, like, who, like if you think about the other people who have headlined in the tree arena, like Ian Gary hasn't done it, you know, Sean O'Bannon hasn't done it, obviously Kiefer Crosby just signed, hasn't done it. Connor didn't do it before he went to the UFC. I think you might be the only one to headline the three arena. Maybe I'm forgetting someone there. Can you think of anyone? I definitely think I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong here, but I've headlined court Belfast and Dublin. So I've headlined three three Irish shows. It's like, and that's what I'm saying. Like if I, if all this didn't work out, how it's worked out, I would never have the opportunity to do that. Like, you know, and, and sometimes when I think of this UFC Dublin card coming back, I feel like, I've had my massive night in Dublin, like, you know, and I'm not saying that I don't want to be part of the Dublin card. That's not what I'm saying. But for me, it's like, I feel like I've, I've itched that itch, you know, and um, what a special night Dublin was. And of course, if there's an Irish contingent coming back, then I want to be part of it. But like, I'm very lucky in my career to have had them free Irish headlines. You know, it's unreal. How much of a preparation was that as well for obviously the big show now you've, you obviously you've had a couple of UFC fights before but to be the headliner and like I was I was a little bit surprised because obviously I hadn't been in the cage where I was carrying a while apart from the, the Cork one and obviously that was a smaller venue and everything like that but the big fight feel that they had in the tree arena that night was massive even with the light show and the music and all before it was it was UFC-esque it really was free that must have been a great preparation for you like it felt like a ufc card it felt like a big time fight it must have been great to to have that i suppose in your back pocket going into the next ufc run yeah i think if anybody who knows me in any way close or far you'll know that i love you know big shows i love big fights i love the like the pressure the headlines the being rude off being the underdog i love all that stuff so you're right it was absolutely ideal prep even them walking out from the back with the cameras and the blackouts and stuff like that it's all perfect. Like one thing about me as well, I've had tough fights and I've had big fights, you know, and, and that is experience that is invaluable. Like, you know, I, I, I'm going to go in and fight a lot of guys in the UFC that will never have as such big fight feels. So, you know, that experience alone is something even good fighters don't always get if they're, if they don't have that big fight with stories. Was that something that you felt was an issue going the first time into the UFC? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd never been to the UFC card before you fought in the UFC. Wasn't that correct? Do you, like looking back, was that a bit of a mistake? Do you think? <laughs> Not at all. No? I still haven't. I still, I still wouldn't go to one until I was signed again. So, um, yeah, no, I don't. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just I've always said it. You know, I never tried the gloves on until they were my own. I never wore a UFC T-shirt until it was my own. Um, it's just something that I. That's how special I held it, you know. And but now I've done that. That that's tarnished a wee bit, and it's you know whatever, like. You know, after this event, I'll go watch UFCs for sure. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think that played a part. You know, it's like, yeah, no, I, I don't think that played a part. Um, it's just part of the story, isn't it? Do you think that's like? Obviously, you know, that, that's kind of cool in one way, but in another way, is it like? Does it? I don't know. It doesn't harm the preparation much, but like mentally, 
like because I feel I feel like when I you know watch any of these documentaries with uh, with high level sports people, they're all about like the preparation, knowing exactly what time, where, and what you're doing, and be prepared. You know, even like if let's say the the a soccer team is playing, they have the Champions League coming up, they use the Champions League balls instead of the Premier League balls or whatever. For you to like never even have trained in the gloves or anything like that, like was there any was like that ever a bit of an issue, or you're just like no, I'm not doing it. I refuse. Uh, no, never an issue the first time. Like this camp, I've used UFC gloves every single session since I've been since I've been signed. Um, you know, I, the minute I get signed again, I brought the gloves out and started using them. Uh, you know, and people say, oh, you know, even if you were in the stands, it might have felt a bit more. Listen, there's nothing like being a UFC athlete, like standing in the crowd with a pint with your mates is nothing like what it's going to be like when you're under the tunnel walking out. The only best representation of what that would be is headline and cage wars for a world title that's what it's going to be like on a closer scale um but like in terms of like mindset and stuff like i just can't wait like it's going to, it's going to be unbelievable regardless of um the first time yes it could have been a mistake if we look at it in hindsight but right now i'm i'm uh mentally invincible doing interviews with lads in the morning your ufc debut as well like probably wasn't the best idea you know who do who do that to you like for asking you for an interview <laughs> it was my fault I, i'll take responsibility for that and uh also as well myself and graham mcdonald felt like we were going to be involved in a fight the last time when you jumped into the crowd and you <laughs> knocked graham's uh laptop right off of the desk and that's why you're you're nearly getting uh you're nearly getting an invoice for now laptop there off uh, for old graham but sure look we'll uh we'll take it again if you get if you get the win the next time but um I would ask you about just like the Irish invasion before we get to the fight because it feels like it's just kind of co- not come out of nowhere because like I remember doing like a list about six months ago of like six people and I think like four of them have nearly been signed since and it must be so great for you to be a part of that like I, and I was thinking there's six people in uh, six Irish people in the UFC at the moment and from five different gyms as well which is absolutely fantastic you know it's absolutely brilliant what, what does it feel like to be part like for yourself it's great but to be part of it for the whole country as well yes you know it's nice it's um it's refreshing if any. i suppose it's refreshing like it's nice to know that you know it was a bit scary at times thinking you know we almost had our chance with all the, the first the first run and and to see it it's not as refreshing for me it's refreshing for the, the kids coming behind me you know the young kid the 14 15 16 year olds that are in these lying in these gyms every month wishing that they'll get their opportunity someday it shows that it's all possible and it's all happening again so uh, and every one of the Irish that's in the UFC can and should and will be household names you know it's not like there's no one on the list that I see being there for two fights and then bounced again and um, they're all good fighters all tested fighters and uh, you know it should be a long run for a long time and Two of those people, well, possibly two, will be in your division as well. Is there any any chance down the line you might be up against one of them? I remember, I remember you were just uh, standing chatting to Ian Gary below in Cork after you both had fought there, and I was I signed the two of you up and like, oh, that'd be a fun, that'd be a fun fight. But I, I know Kiefer's obviously there now as well. Like we've UFC Dublin coming up. Would, would it, any of those big fights interest you? Or are you happy enough to kind of stay away from the Irish lads? I mean, listen, Ian's a man to chase at the minute, you know, so. If I was ever lucky enough to get in the position where I'm going to fight Ian, then it'd be fantastic. Um, you know, who knows what Kiefer will do? Who knows what I will do? Um, all I can do is take care of my success and keep pumping people away. And, you know, if there's gold in the line or it's for a ranking place, then I'll fight whoever's in front of me. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, a UFC Dublin card, they'll keep the Irish, Irish and they'll keep the separate, separate. And, and I'm happy with that. But 
Um, nobody's safe, huh? That's no, that's true. <laughs> that, that's interesting. Come here, let's talk about Angelusa because. Look, I watched a few of his fights last night, and he's, there's no doubt he's he's a very, very good fighter. You know, moves a lot, throws a lot of shots right down through the middle, has a few good wins in the UFC as well. When you go and you, you watch him, what what do you think of him? What's the thing that suppose, that stands out to you about him as a fighter? Yeah, I think he's I think he's a good fighter. He's durable, he's skillful. Uh, you know, he, he's very explosive, very athletic. He poses a lot of problems. Um, I like the fight a lot, to be honest. It's... You know, there's a there's a lot of things I think in the fight that I'm going to do very well. There's a lot of st- dangers that he brings. That I'll have to be on my game for. But you know, we're talking a UFC level fight here, where you know nothing's a given. But this is a very very winnable fight, and and I know that the preparation and planning we have in place that this should be a showcase. When you're going to prepare for a guy like this, and you're going to watch a bit of tape, I'm like, I, I was, like when I went to watch a bit of him last night, I looked at his record and saw, oh, he's fought Munir Lazez, who like is probably a similar height to you, a similar style in terms of a striker. So I go on and watch that and see how he did maybe in that fight. Is that the sort of thing you do as well, or do you go and watch every single fight and see every single style? Yeah, you're you're very you're smart and you're not silly, are you? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't know. You can ask a few people that question now and they'll give you a different answer. Yeah, you know, I think when you look at styles and stuff, it'd be it'd be stupid not to lean towards them. But like, I would I've watched every single one of his fights that I could get my hands on, um, probably five times each, at least five times each. And my coaches have watched them more. But um, you know, you lean on you go for their last performance and you go for their best performance, and that's kind of where we look at, you know, and and pick up traits and stuff. And as well as that, we watch all mine back and see, you know, what I've done, like where I went wrong. Like we picked that Jimmy part, that fight apart, like it was the worst performance of my career just to find everything we could in it. And um, I'm coming in here, a totally different version of myself, which I think is going to throw a lot of people off. When I look at Lucer, right, and I'm very interested to see how you look at, and how you plan for this, right? And not to give anything away or anything, but like, to me, he's a guy who throws, he throws a lot of feints and a lot of shots. So he's either feinting or throwing, like, almost at all times. How tough is it to, like, know what's a feint and what's a shot? Just a, a simple enough question like that against a guy who's doing it all the time. Like, if you don't react to one of them, you'll do nothing and you could just, like, be like a rabbit in the in the headlights. How tough is that to plan for that? And have you only, like, just maybe an insight into how you actually work that out? Yeah, like, I mean, it's, you know, regardless of Lusa, regardless of anybody, like, the plan has to be first and be heavier. Like, do you know what I mean? That's, it's very hard to feint against someone when you're getting hit. You know, it's very hard to hit someone when you're getting hit. And this has always been my style. You know, I, f- I remember when I fought Jai Herbert, Jai Herbert's probably the best fainter that I ever uh, fought because he like, I couldn't even open my eyes. He was fainting that much, but, and that was probably a bad example. But after that, then I worked it out. Like, you know, pressure, hit them, hit them hard, hit them often. Uh, normally handles the, the fainting question. And I suppose what we look, we've watched a lot of the UFC recently and we know what Dana White wants, he wants finishers. And you, if you look at your record, are a finisher and only a finisher nearly. <laughs> what is it? Every fight that, that you've won has been a, a finish. Like you must be going in there and thinking, right, look, I get to finish here, I'm fifty grand is 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 right there for me, and maybe another fifty grand if we go to Dublin again. That like that elixir, I suppose, of that bonus must be a massive thing for someone like you who and, and when I say you're only a finisher, don't get me wrong, but you like you are a finisher. It must be so great for you to be like, Well, I go in and I fight my own game. There's a massive bonus there for me. Like tell you what, if you were a betting man, 
you know, you would vote Reese McKee for a finish and you'd probably vote him for fight of the night or uh, knockout of the night, but just the way the fights always have panned out, you know, and that's just if you're a betting man. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Like, I come in with that style. You know, I never hunt for finishes, but I'm just naturally go towards a finish. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the odds for it. Yeah, it should be fun. Last thing, Reese, Kalen is fighting over there, obviously, as well with you. And, you know, we talked about Paul Hughes earlier, but, you know, the, the MMA in the North has just been unbelievable over the last few years, you know, from Liam McCourt and, and James Gallagher and everyone else for ages. It must be brilliant to be on a card with Kalen, I suppose, traveling over there to, together and, you know, representing Ireland like that. Like, what, what does it mean for you, I suppose? Is, you know, it's, it's, for a long time, it was a very Dublin-centric sport, I suppose, in, in Ireland, but now it's, it's very much not anymore. It must be great for you to represent, I suppose, your place in the world and uh, on the international stage. Yeah, you know, I think, I believe there's going to be that, an iconic photo of me and Caelan after, you know, I'm going to make sure that happens for us both because, you know, it's a special night for us. It's a special night for the country. It's a special night for all the people that have been invested in us for that for, for all those years when, when nobody else cared about our fights and people carried them and when people interviewed us after, you know, like fights that nobody was really watching. Well, now we're here, we're in the big time and, you know, it's going to be a special night, not just for us, but for the whole country and everyone. So to be the two guys flying the flag on September 2nd, you can trust that it means an immense amount to us both. Well, I can't wait. I know a lot of people are, are, uh, are really looking forward to it, Reese. Uh, looking forward to the fight and uh, best of luck in the, the second UFC debut coming up in, in Paris. Thank you, Sean.